0: Rolling back to the light That's this segment How does someone Come back to God uh, Back in 2010 After seven years Of hosting Canada's Most solicited Spiritual talk show I came out
1: Ooh.
0: I admitted during An interview With Christian Apologist Rabbi Zachariah That I was no longer Convinced that there's a God Mostly because after 30 years of having A personal relationship With Jesus Christ By the way I'm going to fly through this Because I'm sick of Reading it every week I realized that this God I was it? No it's worse okay. I realized that this God I was serving Wasn't actually all that Personal so going public as a doubter, not an atheist, a doubter, and no longer considering myself part of the evangelical tribe of certainty, I left. I left organized religion, I left the church, and left it up to God to reveal himself to me through one of those tangible encounters I kept hearing so many of my tribe speak about. Well, because of some fractured relationships in my world, me being the common denominator, 2017 ended up being the worst year in my life. So I've decided that since my way didn't exactly work, it's time to crawl back to the light. And I've decided to, once again, do this publicly. As embarrassing as it is to admit personal and spiritual failure, my hope is that others experiencing similar frustrations might learn something from my conversations with a few different people. And I thought I should get on people who went the other way. Because so far it's been all the... What other way? Satan? (laughs) Shut up.
1: Well, I just want you to clarify. No,
0: I mean, they just bailed on it all. They said, no, there's no such thing, right? So so in a couple of Next week we're going to have Tony Campolo on. Oh. <clears throat> and he of course is you know an evangelist
1: It's mm-hmm.
0: a good one too. He's been around forever. But his son is going to follow him the following week and his son is a human humanist chaplain His son is a human His son <laughs> is a humanist chaplain uh, his son is an atheist okay But before we go to that atheist we're going to go to this atheist. Today's guest Bob Ripley, ex-minister turned atheist, author of Life Beyond Belief. Bob's graduate of Western University and University of Toronto. For over three decades, he served as an ordained minister in the United Church of Canada, including work as director of communications for a relief and development organization and the host of a syndicated radio show. For over 25 years, he was a weekly syndicated columnist. In the fall of 2014, though, he disclosed that he had changed his mind. Religion, all religion is man-made, he wrote. In his book, Life Beyond Belief, A Preacher's Deconversion, chronicles his journey from Theist to atheist. The website is BobRipley.ca. How many believe it or not comments did you get growing up, Bob?
1: Oh, I still use it. Whenever (laughs) I have to, you know, give me your name, they'll say, I'll say, Ripley, believe it or not, and they go, oh, right. So they don't, I don't to spell it for him. Beautiful.
0: I like it. I like it. Um, I want to go right to, yeah, but you, because I read this somewhere. Someone basically said, yeah, but he's a United Church minister. That's not a huge deconversion. Ah. How, does that, how does that sit with you? Does that bug you a little bit? Oh, it does
1: bug me, and that's why uh, I spent a whole chapter uh, in my book uh, laying out all my Christian credentials, because one of the uh, f- common responses from Christians when someone leaves the faith is, well, they never really believed much in the first place. <laughs> yeah. And I want to assure people how much I really did believe and how much I gave my heart and soul to the Gospel for over three decades.
0: Uh, I remember people telling me that as well. They would say, and I read—you know—you'd read things online. and Somebody—I I stopped that a long time ago, but uh, somebody would write, "Well, you never really knew Jesus." Yes, because yeah. if you really knew Jesus, you'd never walk away. That's right. That's right. That I remember that bugging me. I remember that really bugging me, actually.
1: Oh, it, I can understand it bugged me too when I heard that because yeah. it's like you don't know me, you don't know my heart, you don't know what what, what was motivating me to give my whole life to even sacrifice, you know, relationships with my kids when I was growing up. You know, kids, you know, God needs me. I have to be out every night of the week. So, you know, when somebody says, look, at you really didn't believe, uh-uh.
0: Yeah. Uh, the other thing I got from people was, oh, did you have a moral failure? <laughs> and I would say I had tons of them, but that had nothing to do with, <laughs> with, with that, you know, this decision or whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, I... I mean, Back in 2007, my mom died in a car accident. She was hit by a drunk driver. And many people said, oh, you got mad at God because your mom was killed by a drunk driver. No, never even, that never infected me, impacted me at all. Really?
0: Crazy. Really? Really? I can say it again if you'd like.
1: Really? No, really. That's <laughs> No, not at all. Um, that had no impact on my faith. That was a whole list of other things that began to impact my faith.
0: You know, I remember talking to Tom Harper, the first time I had Tom on the show, Mm-hmm. I was still in my evangelical brainwave uh, state of life. Yeah. And I said something like, um, what was it? it? was some smug thing like, um, uh, oh, I know what it was. You, well, you've just, you've gotten too, too smarter. You, you know, you're like uh, Saul, right? You just, you, you were in such hot pursuit of wisdom that you, you screwed up things with God, you know, that became your God pursuing all this knowledge and wisdom and stuff and, uh, and he, he was not happy with that comment, as you can imagine. And then about, I don't know, six, seven years later, whatever, I called him, had him on the show again just to apologize for saying that kind of stuff.
1: Well, I, yeah, I had that, too. I had somebody say that, you know, I've become too intellectual. And yeah. as, you, know, and, you know, again, as if you're not supposed to use the alleged God-given brain uh, that you have <laughs> to use logic and reason. Um, you're not supposed to do that. No who but did you, all, but it, but it, you, to me of course i couldn't escape that that application of logic and reason when i began to examine christianity
0: who did your the the journey towards deconversion and the actual deconversion and then the public disclosure of de, your deconversion those are three very different seasons yes who did that whole thing impact the most who did it hurt in your world in your life
1: uh, I think it it disappointed and angered certainly some people that were that I that I served in churches mm-hmm. uh, some people were very angry with me it's sort of like you you know just that I shouldn't have um I should have kept quiet um, somebody suggested you know why didn't I just keep quiet <laughs> about it so I think some people were disappointed if that's the right word or angry with me uh, uh, fortunately, it didn't uh, impact my my family. Uh, unlike the case where a lot a lot of clergy, when they leave the faith, it just wrecks havoc, you know, on their marriages and their family. Well, I didn't experience that, fortunately, but I think it impacted certainly people that had heard. They sat under my preaching for years. The last church I served was one of the largest churches, uh, well, Protestant churches in Canada, a Metropolitan United Church, mm-hmm. and uh, I was there fifteen years, and people, you know, they listened to me preach every. You know, every week and then all of a sudden I say, No, you know, I've changed my mind. And they didn't like that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Man. Do you remember any of the condescending comments that came from people, you know, the sort of pat you on the head? Like, for example, I would have people say to me, Well, you know, you're gonna get to to the other side of this and you realize God's been there right there with you the whole time. You mm.
1: know. Yeah, yeah I, we yeah, God, some people say, you know, God still has a plan for you. Yes, um, as well as, you, you know, you're angry with God. Um, um, you never really knew the Father. <laughs> so those kinds of comments I got.
0: Yeah. Um, but here's the, here's the reality, though, Bob. I think that... See, I, I still have this, these internal thoughts when someone is sharing their journey with me that I, I hear the, the, the um, spiritual journey they've been on, and I say internally... Well, no wonder you bailed on on this, because if I was on that journey, too, I, would, I would do the same thing. And, and then I go into, if I believed that kind of theology, then that would screw me over as well. And I, I would not want to believe that anymore. I would, I would have to come to an awakening, some realization. And so I, there's a part of me that still really gets the whole, well, but what if God is actually like this and not like that? Would that have made any difference in your world? You know what I mean? Um, like, what if your understanding of God was the reason that you bailed on God, and your understanding of God was maybe crap?
1: Well, I did get a um, couple of comments that, because I was more on the evangelical side of the spectrum, rather than the more liberal theolo- theology for which the United Church of Canada is so famous. Yes. Some people said, well, you know, you're, you took such a literal view of the Bible um, if you didn't do that, you wouldn't have have come to that conclusion oh, that the, the Bible is not the good you,
0: book. Dude, you can't win because I was, th- you know, I thought everybody. I didn't know that your church was more on the evangelical side, so I was thinking, you know, the other. Well, that's the first comment I said to you. Well, right. United Church, it's really not that much of a bail.
1: Well, we're you can't the win. Club of, the Rotary Club of Prayer, right? So yeah, yeah so yes, you. But so, but because I had carved out in my own ministry a fairly uh, conservative, somewhat evangelical uh, uh, niche, I think that's what shocked—if that's the right word—some people um, that I would uh, that I would change my mind. Wow.
0: Um, what would it take?
1: Go- yeah, you know, your thing is crawling back to the light. Yeah, because uh, that's I, mean, I, I, I that's like, like for me. I talk about in the book about my epiphanies on this journey as if they were the lights sort of came on and I realized God is despicable the Bible isn't good uh, Jesus is more legend uh, than anything uh, you know I these were like lights that sort of came on so so it's sort of you I'm the wrong I'm not the person you should be talking to <laughs> you know but but thank you for talking to me anyway sure uh, these were sort of I call them, sort of epiphanies or signposts along the way. Um, so I can't even imagine I'd have to turn off lights if I was to go back. Does that make any sense? I mean, yeah. I, 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 why would you go back to what you believed before, knowing what you know now? And I'm assuming you've, in addition to your, you know, your coming out sort of thing, you've done enough. Reading and reflecting on the size of the universe and how we got here, and the things that we know from science, and you've looked at this, the the gospels and you realize, you know, how the story came about and the oral period of oral tradition and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I assume you've sort of done that. Mm-hmm. I I I could never imagine going back. I'd have to sort of throw all my all that information, all that understanding out to go back to where I once was.
0: I, you're exactly the right person to be included in this group of people uh, in this crawling back to the light segment because I think it would be naive of me not to have someone like you and Bart Polo on the show.
1: Well, I'm glad. I'm Yes, I'm, and I appreciate that. That was one of the one of the things that has astounded me, uh, in the three years since my book come out, has come out, none of my clergy friends, no clergy at all, have ever sort of said, "Bob, can we sit down, have a cup of coffee, and let me talk to you, talk you back to the light? Let me show you how you're wrong, push back on your arguments against religion, mm-hmm. and bring you back to faith because." Well, you know, we want everyone to to to
0: be together in heaven. Yep. No one has done that. No, but but Bob, if people and people have done that with me. And I don't ugh, it just gives me the like I don't want to I don't want you to try to talk me off the ledge. Well, actually I did. When I first came out I did a whole thing called droogle and the whole point of that was talk me off the ledge. I don't want, you know, should I jump or should I not jump. Um but but since then it's just become an irritant. You know, I'll get an email or a letter from someone, and they mean well. I understand the motivation. You know, blah blah blah, but, but I just like. Ugh. But are you are they sitting down and having a
1: dispassionate conversation about the content of faith, about the history of religion, all religions? Yeah. Are you going to talk about all the deities that humans have created in the you know, span of our life? You know, or are you just saying, well, you know, you're you're wrong, you've got to come back to Jesus, you know? Are you sitting down and having a... I would love to sit down with someone and have a, as I say, a dispassionate conversation about the content of Christianity and about, you know, how it came to be and so on. Like, like push back, challenge me. But nobody has done that, so that's been my experience. So uh, I guess I'm sort of ha- glad for you that you've had somebody contact you, as long as they're not just saying, you're wrong, you need to come back to Jesus. But let's sit down and let's open up the Bible. But hold
0: on, Here, here's the thing. This, uh, this is going to maybe come off as the most ignorant thing I may have ever said in 15 years, so let's just see how this comes out.
1: All right, go for it. Uh,
0: it doesn't matter what you say. I still have to trust that what you say is truth, and even though you back it up with other people backing up what you say, I have to trust what they say is truth, and so on, and so on, and so on. And when it comes to the issue of a creator, that's unprovable. That's why it requires faith. Yes. the odds are the facts are the science is this the, the the historical geographical sociological realities of this that and the other thing it still all comes down to faith
1: yes and faith does not require evidence and therefore another thing that I've learned is that faith cannot be uh, cannot be uh, challenged if you right word by yes. evidence otherwise people who believe don't they don't want to face evidence. They don't. So, so don't don't give it to me. Right. Like, you know. I again. One of my other friends said, "I really I can't afford to deal with the big questions. I just can't afford to do that." So, so. Again, part of my frustration, if that's the right word, has been, look at all the evidence, and yet I think, well, if I just lay out the evidence, as I do in my book, mm-hmm. well, people will look, read the book, and go, boop, close the book. They're, you know, there's no refuting that. But, but even the person my, who's my only sort of clergy friend who writes a forward to my book, who is a pastor in Brooklyn, he basically
0: says, Bob, I've looked at all this information, but I still believe. So, and what do you think of that? Do you think, oh, then you're nuts, you're delusional. How do you not write that person
1: off? Well, I don't write the person off because the person's still my friend, but I think it's, um, hmm, <laughs> I'd be careful here, because he might be listening. <laughs> I, I, I don't put a lot of stock into it, because it's basically saying, you know, no, 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 I don't hear you. All right, right. I don't want to pay any attention to you, because I believe, and I can't afford not to believe, and if I stop believing, then I won't go to heaven, and I'm you know,
0: so okay what don't give me just don't give me the evidence, Bob. What is wrong with the math that i'm that I'm putting forward in my story? in other words, I seven years ago, I decided to walk down the road of doubt without the safety rope. I chopped that off, yes, and the safety rope had something I think to do with the fact that my ki- I felt like my kids I still wanted them to have some moral compass, you know as a cosmic babysitter when I'm not watching. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, and, and uh, you know, I felt responsible for their sort of spiritual direction. When they got to a certain age, they, this is all their own now, I thought, well, okay, I'm going to go down this road of doubt without the safety rope. So I go down this road, and then all of a sudden near the end, of, you know, uh, last year, it it's horrible, 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 horrible year. Yeah. <laughs> I'm certainly not going to get into it. Yeah. But is there anything wrong with the math that says, well... My life seemed to be better back when I thought there was a god, so maybe I should consider crawling back to that light. What's wrong with that math?
1: I don't think that there's. I don't think you can make that correlation between what's going on in your life or the things that happen to you and whether or not there is an invisible sky god who's listening to our conversation right now. I just, I just can't put those two things together. So. Um, as if to suggest that if you somehow mentally acknowledge that there is invisible sky god, life's going to turn out better for you? Hmm. I I don't—that doesn't compute for me. Um, so
0: Yeah, because the rain falls on the just and the unjust.
1: Yes, it does. So whether—yeah, I mean, do, do you really think that, that again, there is someone— up there, out there, who's manipulating the events of your life based
0: on whether you acknowledge they exist or not? What about just the having the mindset? Let, let's get all—I don't know—Tony Robbins on you here and just go. Okay, <laughs> uh, you know, maybe I just had a better outlook on life when I thought there was. You know, when I leaned into the into the into the Jesus teaching. Let's just talk about the teaching of Jesus, dude. I'm a middle-aged North American straight male uh-huh. with. Uh, with my own ego agenda and some of the best ego shattering stuff ego agenda shattering stuff was you know the red letters those are that's good stuff man whether yeah. there was a real Jesus teach you know that said it or not I don't know but it's good stuff to live by
1: such as
0: uh, love those that are hard to love instead of those that are easy to love
1: okay so you think that um, by holding on to some of the little nuggets of wisdom uh, that um, your life was better back then? Maybe. Maybe. So if a person person who uh, does not acknowledge the existence of an invisible being or sky god
0: um, no, no, I already know lots of people that don't buy into it and are, and are way better people than me. So that's not a, you know, it's a moot point there. But I'm just saying for my, my world, I'm doing that math, yeah, looking back okay. and going, okay. you know, uh, Tony Campolo made me come up with a definition of myself one day. And it was, okay, it was, I came up with, I'm a red letter agnostic theist. The red letters of Christ, are, you know, whether it was real or not, somebody said it or whatever. Man, that's still amazing. If you just, if everyone just lived by that golden rule, yeah, yeah, all this stuff. So good stuff. Okay. Uh, agnostic? I don't know. I don't, and that's the whole point of faith. Faith has become a verb. It's not a noun. And then, uh, and then, theist. Man, I look around at this world, and I, it's just crazy. It reeks of design. But maybe that's just because I'm a dopey, ignorant male who wants to lazily default to design. As opposed to figure out the science behind things,
1: you know what I mean. But if you go back, if if you if you you're going back towards the light, but yeah. based on what? What again? I, pardon me, but like, what evidence do you have? I mean, yes, there are some beautiful little pieces of wisdom mm-hmm. in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but also outside of the bible so you you you, you okay. crawl back towards the light but ba- what is your evidence
0: the evidence is that i was i i think i was less light of a jerk great. i was less, of a, less of a jerk when i was when i gave myself over to the teachings of christ as opposed to running my own show
1: well maybe you just need to be a different person where you are now rather than going back to what you were before uh, I, again, I, Drew, I just don't, I just don't see how thing um, "Well, I'll, now I'll say the," I, I say, "Well, the, the, I'm not sure there is a God." Oh, okay, maybe there is a God, so that's going to make my life better. I just don't,
0: I don't see. Okay, it. so so I I've made the decision. I'm going to crawl back to okay. the light. Way go? Give me.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. No, 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 that
0: sounded like a flight attendant saying, "You know," as you're leaving yeah. the plane. Bye, bye. Um, have a nice, hope you have a nice day yeah. um well I want to know from Bob Ripley what advice would you give me you you know I've made the decision you don't agree, you know that's not the decision you would make, but you know I've made this decision. I still want to know from you what advice do you give me, man What advice do I give you on your journey towards
1: the light yes um, eyes open, keep asking the questions, stay curious um and if if your journey back towards the light makes you feel as if you're a better person i don't have any problem with that i mean i am not i'm not an angry atheist i'm not an, a person who believes that if somebody has faith that they're somehow weak-minded or anything like that
0: that's just because you're not an alcoholic british person
1: <laughs> okay all right fair enough <laughs> uh, but uh no if people like <laughs> say look i still believe i go great like if that if that brings you comfort fine but again eyes open and acknowledge that you believe because it brings you comfort not because there is any yeah. evidence at all that there is a sky god i know
0: and you see here's the thing that put the i have a massive backpack of Yabuts yeah that i've had to put down yeah. willingly put down on this and the big yeah but in all of this is when you just said what you said. My brain is going, oh, that's such a wussy way to go through life, you know. Oh, ignore the facts. it just makes me feel whatever gets you through. You know, I don't care. You could believe in a Kleenex box as your higher power, you know. It's like ah.
1: Well, I yes, I <laughs> I don't I don't. It's not the way I. It's not my experience. It's not the you know. When I say yeah, go ahead and believe. If, I mean simply because I'm not. I'm not really trying to take away anybody's faith. I'm just trying to tell my story of my deconversion. And you ask the questions, and I just happen to listen to the answers and avoided the religious cliches. And here's where the journey led me, that it was to to being an atheist rather than a theist. That's my journey. I tell my story. I share my story. And if that is comforting to you, great. If it's not comforting to you, mm-hmm. then, be, then then. <laughs> God bless you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wise guy.
1: Uh, here, uh, I, I want couldn't,
0: you... couldn't resist. No, exactly. I want to just share the chapter titles before we say goodbye. Bob, you, yeah. and I, you and I could do a whole, like we could do four hours on this. Yes, uh, Pilgrimage to the Pulpit, A Distasteful Deity, The Not-So-Good Book, The Legend of Jesus, Killing for Christ, Good for God's Sake, See that's a that, that one hit me, right? That's the whole well, why do you do good? Well, because you know, God is watching <laughs> well, because
1: yeah, does being a Christian make you a better person?
0: Yeah, yeah. Eh. Uh, okay. Nope. Okay. Uh <laughs> wishful thinking, the yes. strange, yeah. the strange yeah. and the superstitious, um from the Big Bang to DNA, chapter 10, The End, and then chapter 11, Beyond Belief. This is not a a um a textbook for, for the theologians, kids, this is a personal journey of a man who who really uh has done faith with his eyes wide open. And and this is this is an authentic journey. Um I'm I get sent about eight books a week. And I'll book I don't know, a small percentage of those authors on the show. Yes. I usually don't read any of them, uh, but I have to read yours, it's, and it drives me nuts that I have to read yours. Oh, wow.
1: Well. Penance. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bob Ripley, Life Beyond Belief, A Preacher's Deconversion. Um, next time you're out this way, I would love to have you in studio. Love mm-hmm. to have you on, in studio on a Saturday, man, because w- there's well, so much more to talk about, isn't there?
1: Have your people talk to my people. <laughs>
0: Bob, thank you for your transparency and your authenticity and your teachability. Those are the three most important qualities in a human being that I look for, and they're so rare, so well hard put. to find. Yeah. Well put, Drew. Yeah. yeah. Thank, thank you, Bob. Thanks, Drew. Take care. Yeah,
1: you too.